0: Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author, Becca Eisenberg, brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities.
1: Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 49. Today, I will be interviewing Dr. Anthony... Manna, award-winning children's book author. Dr. Anthony Manna is also a retired professor of children's and adult literature, literacy education, and drama from Kent State University. Though his many experiences, through his many experiences and through his passion as an award-winning educator of 50 years, Dr. Romana has inspired kids and teens around the world to become confident, skilled, and happily motivated readers and writers. He has taught in schools and universities in Turkey, Greece, Albania, and the United States, where he immersed kids, teens, and young adults in powerful, multicultural books and entertaining, action-packed activities to help them enjoy the discoveries about themselves and others that great books and their own writing can encourage them to also explore. Dr. Amanda's new release, Lucas and the Game of Chance, which is published by Mascot Books, is a reimagined Greek folktale illuminated with dramatic and and pen and ink drawings that provide an ideal backdrop for the the intrigue that fills this touching story of human struggle, courage, and resilience. He divides his time between Ohio and Arizona I also want to mention his website, which is anthonymanabooks.com. You could follow him on Facebook at at Anthony L. Manna and Twitter, Dr. Tony 42 and Instagram, Dr. Tony 42. So thank you so much for being here today, Anthony.
0: Well, thank you, Becca. This is what what an honor. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And your introduction was sterling. Thank you. It makes me... It makes me uh, humbled.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. I mean, you've just, you know, you have a really interesting background. And, you know, I think through all your different experiences, it's, you know, you could really provide a lot of, you know, tips for parents and also for educators and also for any people, any people out there who want to write their own books. Because as a professor, you've taught for many, many years. And I'm sure you've helped many, many people out there. So my, my first question I want to talk about is just talking about your career as a professor of children's and adult literature. Um, just if you could go back a little bit and talk about when you began writing books um, and how that career as a professor influenced your writing.
0: Well, thank you. I, You know, the interesting thing about this is that I started, when I was growing up in New Jersey, uh, we were in survival mode and uh, I was not a reader, you know, and I really, I mean, I went to a good school and they tried, but I just was not a reader. And so many, many years later, I just happened to be in a children's literature class at the University of Iowa. And I looked around and I thought, oh, that's Alice in Wonderland. Oh, that's Charlotte's Web. I opened up, it opened up my heart and my mind because it was like, it was like finding my way back to childhood, you know, because that's what these authors were doing, you know? Um, So I'm reading the classics and I talked to my advisor there because I was working on my doctorate there. And I said, I want to concentrate on literature for children, young adults, tweens, and, you know, and also the the route that I take into adult literature too. Um, You know, what do I do? And she said, she said, "Go to go to the curriculum lab and read at least ten books a day of children's literature and young." I mean, so I went off <laughs> into this into this yeah. land, this happy land, this land of also of a struggle, of uh, resilience, of uh, you know, uh, war, uh, peace. What I mean, it was just the whole world of literature that I had been reading into the adult world. In the adult world, um, all of a sudden became. The you know I became privy to that world in in children's uh, tweens and teens, and so it was a magnificent opening for me. And so um, when I when I took my job at the university, um, of course I had to write books or write articles or whatever, because I'm sure your listeners and you have heard of, of Publ- publisher parish, and um, this publisher parish business meant that I had to write, and so I wrote you know articles and books and stuff, and then um, the, 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 the idea of, uh, uh, you know, people say to me, well, what, had it what's the leap, what's the leap into your books for children? The leap into my books for children is that as the university professor, I wound up in Greece. Uh, what a blessing. I was in, uh, the city of Thessaloniki, which is way up north on the Bulgarian border. And, uh, I was in an ancient city that was founded in, I think it was 330, 333 or something better, 336 B.C. Um, and I I was surrounded by a, a world so different from what I, I was used to, um, not only because of Greek Greek orthodoxy, but just because, you know, it's a different culture and I'm learning the culture. I'm trying to learn the language as best I can. I'm teaching there. And then I said to myself, aha, the best thing for you to do to learn about this culture would be to go into a school. Now, first of all, there's no separation of church and state of Greek Orthodoxy and the secular world in Greece. So I knew that if I went into a school, I would learn the cycle of the year. I would learn uh, about families. I would certainly learn about children because I wanted to go into a, an elementary school and I would learn about the teaching mode. And, you know, so many different things would come up, you know, rather not wanting to labor this, but there I was in this first grade classroom with two really good Greek teachers who spoke several different languages, including English. And I, I, I was there, basically trying to uh, look at their their language development. What do they do to increase kids' sense of language? Whether it's reading, writing, uh, whatever, you know. And um, I, so, and I was in that room about I'd say about three or four times a week, um, and. I started hearing the kids reading their Greek mythology. I mean, the words are, the Greek words are very similar to the English words. And so I thought, oh, I'm very comfortable with this. But then all of a sudden, I started hearing about these very strange creatures, um, the ogresses and ogres and um, uh, celestial beings that talk like the sun and the moon. And, you know, um, I was talking, I was thinking about uh, witches and, and uh, haunts and Hobbles uh, and all this stuff. And I, I thought, you know what? This is something different. So when I talked to my Greek colleagues, they said, those are our stories. Those are, our, those are our, fa- our folk tales and our fairy tales. And so to make a long story really short, when I came back from Greece, I came back with this catalog of Greek tales that my colleague, Sula Mitakidou, whose name appears on the books, uh, Sula and I searched interviewed people, talked to the folklore, librarian people, um, collected stories, read stories, hundreds of stories, and just, you know, looked for the ones that we thought we could translate and not only translate, but also polish. Because a lot of these stories were written down right from the oral telling, which meant that they were very rough. And, you know, we wanted to put them into books that, you know, made the the language had to flow along. Um, And so we started doing this uh, folklore project and uh, the first one, the first book that came out from Simon and Schuster. uh, And I can't remember the year, I think it was 1997 or so. That was uh, Mr. Semolina And that is um, an ancient tale um, uh, about um, loss of consciousness. Let me put it that way. And Mm -hmm. she, the main character must work to bring him, bring the man she loves back to life. Um, And that was the first one. The second one, the second one, we did an anthology of 20 stories with a lot of Greek cultural material um, and a lot of uh, information about folklore and folk folk tales, et cetera, and fairy tales in Greece. And that was um, Folk Tales from Greece, A Treasury of Delights. And that's still very much in print and very available from the publisher. Um, libraries unlimited the next one um and and also i must I must say, and i'll say it humbly again that the first one, Mr Semolinas Semolinas was just received many awards, one of them from the New York Public Library is one of the best books of the year wow. uh, you know yeah, and, yeah well, that was awesome, you know because i mean i hadn't i you know we had no idea i mean we just plunged into this, and the other thing that happened was. We plunged into it and the editor, Ann Schwartz, who is well known all the way all through New York and the publishing houses, Ann said to us, this story is really rough and it needs a lot of work. Are you willing to work? And we said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically what she did was it was almost like taking a course from, from the top editor in New York City because she taught us how to shape a story. And she's always with me. Always with me because I hear her giving me advice about how to go about this narrative, about how to how to bring characters alive, the kind of language that really matters the most. It goes on and on. Um, and so, where was I? I? So we did the second, the um, second book of all those stories, twenty of them. I went back to Greece, and Dassoul and I are in her apartment at the same computer, back and forth, back and forth, translating, translating. It was so exciting. And and so um, uh, so making me so aware of Greek culture, because a, a lot of the the a lot of the details of the story come from Greek folklore. OK. And then we did another one called another one called The Orphan, mm-hmm. a Cinderella Story from Greece. And that uh, another one that also won an award from the Bank Street College of Education in Manhattan. Um,
1: it looks beautiful, and I, I just want to tell the listeners out there: I'm also going to be attaching these trailers in in the description on my website, so you can take a little sneak peek into these books as well. Oh, so go right. ahead.
0: So kind of you. And then, then, um, then I decided to go on my own um, with. Um, there was a story in our anthology called "The Snake Tree" that had always haunted me. It's a very weird story, and. All I can tell you is that when I go out there sometime into the schools and read it, kids, they love this because it's so bizarre. And they're like, ah, you know, so I said, all right, let me see if I can take that and develop it into almost like a novel, you know, because um, Lucas and the Game of Chance, which was published October the 1st, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, Lucas and the Game of Chance became my obsession became my daily, my daily work for, I'd say about four years. Um, I went, I, you know, I did many because I was on my own. I did many revisions. I was on my own and I, I challenged myself, can I do this? You know, can I sustain a story? Well, you know, the best thing I ever did, and I hope your, your listeners will, will hear me say this was I joined a writing group. We called it Crit Lick, you know, criticism of literature. And Mm -hmm. these were all, I think everybody in the group was a published author. And we, they were so helpful when I was writing Lucas in the Game of Chance. I mean, they're they're in that story with me, you know, and uh, it was just, it was the idea of uh, constructive criticism. Let me put it that way. It sounds like a cliche, but it's the truth. And, you know, people often say to me, don't you get upset when people say nasty things and respond to you in negative ways? And I said, well, it doesn't happen that way. They'll they'll just say to me, are you sure you really want to bring the father into the story at this point? And he's not even an important character. What are you talking about? You know? And, and I, I just thought, yeah, this is right. This is right. You know? Um, and I kept going on with it and then, um, decided to go to an indie press, which is uh, mascot books. And, um, because I had been with uh, Simon and Schuster in Random House in New York City, and also with Libraries Unlimited, but this time I just wanted to see what it was, what it was like to be, you know, in a, a little less uh, crowded space, so to so to speak. So I went to Mascot Books, and that's that book came out, and it um, it's doing very well. I'm very proud of it. Uh, it's gotten a couple of four star reviews, and um, it's a uh, 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 an award, uh, a finalist for book excellence awards uh, from Canada. And so I'm just hoping more than anything in the world that it'll get out there uh, to, um, I would say ages eight up into middle school. Because
1: Right. Right. So for, for the listeners out there, it is a middle grade book. I would guess I would characterize it as a middle grade, um, but not to say that you can also read it to younger children and that also older children like teenagers can enjoy it because they could enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I, when I was writing it, I I have a very good friend who's a teacher in a middle school. She, she's seventh grade. Uh, So she said, come on in and talk to them about it. And of course I went in there with my manuscript on my PowerPoint. I wanted them to see, you know what I was doing as a writer and what it takes sometimes to get a book together. And we had a good time, uh, you know, and they, they stayed with me the whole time. And the nice thing I was able to do there too, was I had the original illustrations that Donald Babish did pen, pen, pen and ink. And, um, I would, you know, I would, I would open them up in a way, in a very dramatic way, uh, you know, and take each one out and walk around with it. And they would, they were like, tell, it was almost like the story was coming alive for them because of those illustrations. And uh, it's, it was, it's always been, it's always a wonderful experience to get out there and, and actually talk with kids about the, about the book and about my life as a writer
1: Oh, yeah. And and the kids are really interested. I mean, because, you know, no matter what age, younger kids, older kids, um, just to see the process and publication, because I know that's, you know, I've written books also, and I have two books uh, from mascot books. And I think one of the things, just as an author that I love so much, is just hearing the kids' questions because, or even some of their comments, that things that I never thought about. Um, But to go back to critique group, I think that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you about uh, any new authors out there. And it's something that I've seriously thought about that I know that I want to become part of is a critique group. And I think the critique group is a really um, great resource for people. And I know that if anyone is a member of the Society of Children's Book Authors and Illustrators um, in those local chapters, there are you know, opportunities for critique groups. So definitely, you know, kind of getting your work out there and and asking other people to read it. So, and I love in the back with the acknowledgements, how you thanked your critique group. I think that was really nice at the end of your book. I just want to mention that.
0: Yeah. Well, they, they helped me so much and, uh, and I miss them right now. I mean, not the fact that we're, we're homebodies. Yes. But we, we also, I don't know, for some reason we kind of drifted away from each other because our leader (laughs) went on sabbatical down to Florida. And so we're in Ohio and, and it's not happening. And I, I I said, you guys, I need you. I need you very much. I'm, I'm in the middle of, I'm, I'm writing this, I'm revising a story called the imposter, which is about, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's about identity, uh, you know, stolen identity. Um, and it's, it's very intense. And I, I, you know, somebody said to me, is this for, do you think this is for young adults or adults or whatever? And I said, I don't know. I have to figure that out. Please, I need, a, I need a critique group to tell me what they think, you know, because several of them have written for, I mean, they've all written for young adults. They're into the young adult market for teens. And so they, you know, they, they give me a lot of good advice. I miss them.
1: So that kind of brings me to my next point about, you know, with the current pandemic going on right now, um, you know, many children are learning from home. And so, if you know, families do have your book. Do you have your book at home? Um, can you talk a little bit about the resources on your website sure. for parents and educators?
0: Sure. Um, yeah, my my website is uh, www.anthonymana, that's m a n n a Anthonymannabooks dot And you, when you go there, you'll you'll see that there are downloadable, printable. Crossword puzzles, word scrambles, coloring pages, words—I think I said word searches mm-hmm. for children, tweens, and teens. And m- most of the material uh, is focused on popular popular books for for all 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 kinds of books: picture books, fantasy, adventure, um, realistic fiction. Um, you know, and and it's um, uh, they're, they're, it's usable. You know, I, we tried to make it. I worked with a uh, a person who was helping me create the website, and we wanted to make it as as personable and as doable and usable as possible. There are book lists, book reviews. There's even a section on poetry by and for teens. I love that what? much so much. For example, there are interviews with authors, uh, and there are reading and writing activities. And there's an entire section with. Um, Post uh, pre reading and post reading of Lucas in the Game of Chance. There are yeah,
1: it's really nice. I just wanted to. I'm glad that you're talking about it now because I was going to ask you about it. Very good.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we. You know, I, I I became. I I tried to become. I went into my teacher mode. You know, and I thought, what you know, without. See, I, I don't like always having to ask kids a hundred questions about something they read. So there are also prompts there that just draw them in rather than, what do you think about it? Why did this happen on page 47? When are you, you know, I mean, after a while, you sound like a drone, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, I get it. I, I really like this. And I think this is really great for educators out there who are looking, who are, you know, because everyone's doing online learning. Um right now. So not everyone, but I mean, I would say pretty much most, most kids are doing online learning. Um, and for those educators out there who are looking for some really nice resources, this is really great because you also have embedded links in, in a document as well, which is great for kids. So you, they could just go ahead and click onto there and get some background. So, and I like that you did pre and post because I, I think it's really good to kind of get an idea of what the kids know before and then to see what they've learned after. I think it's really interesting.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, you sound like the teacher yourself because, I mean, we know that that that's the way it operates. I mean, we, 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 we anticipate the book. We, you know, we think Luke is in the game of chance. What's that about? What a strange title. You know, well, let's look at that, you know. What's what's a game of chance? You know what I mean, and that and that's like you know just let's sit down and talk about this a little bit. That that conversational tone is something that I tr- I really really worked on <laughs> in my university classes. You know because I was mostly working with teachers. You know who were either on their way to becoming teachers or were you know seasoned teachers coming back for their masters or whatever. And I I you know I just said Let, let's try to think of ways to make this notice. And note—that's the name of a book that I recommend to so many people. Notice, notice, and note—it's about how to make, how to empower readers and writers. Um, you know, and it's—it's uh, it's a book that I go back to all the time. It's by Kylene Beers, B-E-R-S, and his—I forget his first, Robert, Robert Prope.
1: Yeah, no, I see it right here. Uh-huh. Oh, That's. Uh-huh. And it's a you know it's available on I mean I'm just looking on Amazon right now but you could also rent it as well which is interesting but you could also buy it um, new and used so great I love that I love that you're giving some resources which is yeah. great
0: yeah that's good I'm mean, I'm glad you're bringing that up because I know um, you know right now I'm I'm when I'm posting uh, as I did last night on uh, Facebook and um, uh, Twitter. I I created a a little template that says, you know, people come to my website because you're at home with your kids and come on, you know, I've got stuff there for you, your, your tweens and your teens, you know, and, you know, take a look, come over and take a look because I'm, you know, and it's, it's, as I said before, it's all usable, downloadable, printable stuff. And some of it is a lot of fun. Um, I draw on my background in drama. I taught, a lot of drama classes at the university and and sometimes just one little step in the right direction towards like an improvisation of a character makes a book come alive so beautifully, you know, and also just reading out loud, you know, with with um as I do sometimes when I go to the schools, I I become Lambrose the snake in my story. Oh, looky, looky, looky. See, I created that dialect. <laughs> you know? That's
1: good. That sounds like a recording. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. and it, That's it, good. Well, it engages the kids. That's yeah. that's what I, I talk about a lot of my website is that, you know, reading with expression, using gestures, using sounds like this gets kids really, really engaged, even for adults. You know, it's engaging. So. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I think that's where that's where the audio book comes into. The fact that an audiobook, you know, if you get a good actor, um, and sometimes the best actor is the author him or herself, you know.
1: So. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. I definitely, you know, I love one of the things I look for in audiobooks is to see if the author is the one reading it. Yeah. So, you know, um, but yeah, you would be really great in an audiobook. <laughs> just based on your snake sound for sure. Um, so I <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's great. So, I mean, um, one, so one of the things, other things I wanted to ask you about, you know, when you were, when you were writing Lucas and a game of chance, what was, you know, what would you like children to learn from it? I mean, I, there's so many different lessons and there's so many different things, but you know, as far as like kind of your top two or three things that you would like children to learn from your book.
0: Well, I I think, you know, I I think one of the main ideas that I was working on was that sooner or later, we all make mistakes, we feel, we fail, and we experience tough times. And that's happening right now, isn't it? But Yeah. yeah, we can all find the courage, the resilience, you know, whatever word you want to put in there to face our struggles, to persevere, to survive and turn our life around. That's what we're all hoping for right now, I think, you know, and, and so I wanted that concept of, of you know, it's, you know, it's inevitable that we're going to run into trouble. And, um, and let's just say that, you know, uh, that we, that my, that I'm hoping my story awakens uh, people, whatever age to life's struggles and mysteries there will be hard times there will be loss there will be separation but courage and perseverance and mindfulness can open the way to hope and recovery that was I,
1: I, yeah i think that's I, and i think it's it's really well said and i think it's very appropriate for what we're going through right now with the yeah. covid-19 pandemic because it's you know, I was talking about um, with with another author um, last week just about the word courage, you know, what that means. And I think, you know, courage means different things to different people, especially now, you know, um, and because a lot of people are very anxious. And so I think, you know, with, with this pandemic, I think Kidlet is just, well, I always find Kidlet, I mean, based, you know, based on, you know, it's like one of my passions is children's literature yeah. um, and, and teaching lessons through it but, you know, there's all different types of courage and bravery. Um, and and I love that because I also think with Greek mythology, it's a way of kind of like entering into a new world of imagination and kind of, that's that's what I find with my kids. They love Greek mythology because I think it's like sort of entering a new world and, you know, things don't have to be, oh, did, did it really happen or did it not? Like, it's not really about that. It's about, Just imagine these really amazing stories. And um, I just think there's so much to take from them. And you've dedicated your life to Greek mythology. so.
0: Well, you keep finding, you know, you keep finding the, the, you know, you you keep finding the the subtext. Let me put it that way, which, you know, the theme or whatever you want to call it. I mean, the ideas, you know. See, the other thing in this story that I really worked on and I love it so much is the relationship between Lucas and the snake. Lambros the dancing talking snake who brings him so you know brings him brings him and his family salvation because they were so poverty stricken and uh that that friendship is loyalty uh concern deep concern for each other etc and I like pointing that out with kids because I think that's you know that's a those are values that I think we all trust those are values that we, we want to impart and we want to share, you know, so that's one aspect of the story that really um, gave me a lot of food for thought, you know, when, when considering that relationship. And when I developed it, I was, I was getting more and more um, secure about the, the reality of that relationship. And it made, me, it, it made me feel good to be able to share that with people.
1: Well, you know, I love it. And I'm so glad that you came on today to talk about all your work because, you know, you have, you know, amazing backgrounds and an amazing history and a real passion. So, and I think that, you know, for me, cause I have the book right in front of me, you know, I, I see it through just by reading it. I can tell how passionate you are about it.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: So is there anything else you wanted to add before we finish up today?
0: Well, I mean, I think if uh, if I could just say one thing about you know resources, um, sure, definitely. Yeah, I would like to point out um, for parents as they help their children, you know, learn at home. uh, The Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. You mentioned it once today. Recently published over, and I'm reading my little note here so that I make sense. uh, Recently published over 300 remote learning resources for students parents, grandparents, educators, by authors and illustrators. It's, they're online materials that will entertain, instruct, and inspire children and young people. Preschool, all the way through middle school. I even saw some for all ages. It was called a category for all ages. Activities, art lessons, audiobooks, uh, bilingual books, materials, uh, book readings, uh, emotional and mental well-being. Ah, uh, looked at from the eyes of uh, the adults, teaching guides and podcasts, and um, it. it uh, I reduced it. I mean, I I have the the link right in front of me here. I reduced it to a bitly that I could send to you, Becca, and maybe. Oh, you- great!
1: Yeah. I'll definitely put it in there for sure. Yeah,
0: because it was a very long. It was a very long link, but I think that is that's gonna that's going to keep us happy for a long, long time because there are so, I just kept clicking one after another. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. You know? So I hope everybody enjoys it. I hope everybody uh, enjoys my book. I hope, I hope everyone uh, carries on with, with hope and uh, you know, with a, 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 a knowing that we will someday all be together in health.
1: Yes. I, I agree with you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here for your inspiring talk and your, your resources, and your work. Um, And I I just, you know, it's an honor to have you on today.
0: Well, thank you, Becca. It's very, very kind of you. And I do take care of yourself and I'll be in touch with you.
1: For sure. Well, thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime.